welcome to Bougie Black Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Montoya McGowan, a licensed clinical social worker and private practice owner of Stopping the Chase Counseling and Consulting in Memphis, Tennessee. The goal of this podcast is to um, give clinicians or people who have the credentials to be clinicians the permission to be authentic, to be themselves, to step out and create what works best for them as an entrepreneur. Um, and so I like to invite private practice owners and people who are entrepreneurs and connected to doing what works best for them in life. And my host today, my guest today is Brandy J. Flynn. Oh, she said the J. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Allow me to reintroduce myself. Okay, let me be serious. <laughs> So my name is Brandy J. Flynn, and I am a mental health therapist. I own Brandy J. Flynn Counseling and Consulting Services here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, my clientele mainly consists of athletes, uh, those in the entertainment industry of all sorts, and public figures and entrepreneurs. But I will see the average joke because uh, I tell people mental health affects everybody, and I would like to be available to those who seek me and feel that uh, I can help them with their needs. Yay. I'm so glad that you're able to be here today. I am too. Thank you for having me. So I read this book um, probably about four or five years ago called um, Eat That Frog. Called who? Eat That Frog. Okay. And so when I read the book, they gave suggestions on like how to live the kind of life that you want to live. Oh, I need that book. <laughs> and one of the things they suggested was pay attention to people in your community, pay attention to people on social media that are connected to you or connected to people that you know who are already doing the things that you want to do. Right. And then maybe reach out to them and ask them if there is some way that you can maybe tag along, if they can mentor you. Or if you could pay just to be in their presence. And so I started uh, paying attention. And I saw that so many people, whenever the topic of mental health came up, they would tag Brandy Flynn. <laughs> Brandy Flynn. Brandy. Oh, Brandy can do that. Oh, Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. And I was like, Brandy. <laughs> Let me reach out to Brandy. And one of the things he said is if you reach out to people with genuine interest and genuine intent, most of the time they will say yes. All right. And I remember when we officially met because our ties, uh, we have crossed paths previously in another life. But when we were at a, uh, girl, where were we? At a workshop. No, it was a conference. Yeah. And another person introduced us and was just like, yeah, well, Josh, you know each other. I was like, hey. Mm -hmm. And we've been on and popping since then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I reached out to you, and, and I learned from listening to other people also that if you want to be a part of somebody's life or if you want to be in their energy or take up some of their time, you need to be able to offer something else in return. And so what I did was I asked you, what were you doing? And was there something I could do to help you? Because you were doing the, like you were doing these sessions. Oh, yeah, the uh, the uh, the panel talks. Yeah. 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 Oh. 
Sure was. And I said, well, let me help. Like, tell me what I need to do just so I could be there. Right. And, and this was when I was working at the hospital and I hadn't even started doing like private practice yet. It was just something that I had learned about from listening to podcasts. Right. And then when I saw you doing it, it made me feel inspired. And it made me feel like, wait, she's she's doing it. I could do it too. Yeah, and that's the that's the good thing about it because I know when I was when I started doing it, nobody was doing it. Yeah. So I really was there. There was no blueprint. Like I created right. the blueprint. Right. You know. So for somebody to say, "Hey, how I can help?" You know, sometimes I'd be like, "You know, just show up." You know, be a seat, you know, be a seat filler or, mm-hmm. you know, bring ideas and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I thank you for that, too. You're welcome. Yeah. So um, I, I, I know that sometimes people like people feel like jealousy is a bad thing. Jealousy is only a bad thing when your actions are malicious towards the person that you have these feelings towards. Because jealousy is a feeling, and feelings are indicators. Right. And I never felt jealous of you, but I felt inspired. And I was thinking, hold on, how can I do what she's doing, but in a way to where it works for me? All right. Um, And so I try to talk to my clients sometimes about ways to use the jealousy to your benefit. Because the jealousy is telling you that, you're lacking in something or there's something that you desire. So what do you need to do for yourself? Yeah, I, I can see that. I think, um, I think the same thing. I think um, since jealousy has a, a, a taboo to it, I kind of say envy, mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. even though it's the same thing, right? but kind of. Envy is a little cuter. It, it is. It's cute. Like, oh, I envy you. So if I say I envy you. Mm-hmm. Then say I'm jealous of you. You know, jealous is harder, but like I, I need envy to protect you. myself from yeah. you because you're jealous of but me. But if I say I envy you, it's kind of like you know, somewhat inspired and like I I see what you're doing right. and you know things like that. So, but yeah. this is but what we're saying is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why we click. Right, right. <laughs> and I was in this group. Um, I think they were talking about like where black Memphis gets it or something like that. And one person asked for um, advice for a new entrepreneur. Like, what would you tell somebody who's just starting their business? And this lady in the group said, um, shoot your shot and shoot your shot often. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that and I was like, shoot your shot as a business owner. But then I remember seeing Brandy Flynn, B. Flynn, B. Flynn. Like, and I, I, that was one of the things that I was attracted to you about because you are good at shooting your shot, which shooting your shot, people don't understand. That means show interest. Yeah. <laughs> Let people know that you're interested. Even when it comes to dating, um, some people aren't comfortable with shooting a shot. Right. Because of fear of rejection. Yeah, but shooting your shot means I'm showing interest. Are you interested in me being interested in you? Right. And it's the same way with business. I'm showing that I'm interested. Come look at me, see what I have to offer, and let me know how we can work together. 
And that's one of the things that I have enjoyed seeing you do. I'm still not all the way comfortable with it um, because I'm doing a lot and I don't really want some people to invite me or include me Yeah, because I don't want to, I don't want to get thrown off of what I'm already doing. And you know what? That's okay because you have to, you, you have to do what's best for you. You have to make sure that you're being focused and that you don't stretch yourself out trying to help everybody else right. and you're forgetting about yourself. So it's okay to say no. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I have also learned in being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, and working for myself full-time is when you start to put yourself out there, people start to see how much of a light you are. Yeah. And they start to see how much of an asset you can be to them. And they want you to be a part of what they have going on so that you can help them get to their goals. How do you manage that? Oh, you know, sometimes you have to, well, me, I have to look at, like, what is your true goal? Because there have been times where, um, for bad luck or worse, I got got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like. Me too. You, you're you are only, you're using me. Mm-hmm. You're not really And here you're not getting nothing for, from it. Yeah, it, exactly. So, um, just like how I, how I told you, like we just said, it's okay to say no. I say no. Like, uh, or if I do something and it's not um, taken away from me. Like, if it's taken away from me, I will do it. Because it's like how you said you have a lot going on I have a lot on my plate you know that I'm stressed but I'm stressed across for me Mm -hmm. so I can't afford to be stressed for somebody else but uh but yeah a lot of people will try to attach themselves to you because you know you're the it thing or whatever like that and however you can benefit how however they can they can benefit from you but they're not trying to help you or not trying to sow a seed in you. And I see it a lot of times. You know, I don't be jealous. I don't be envy. I just look and say, oh, okay. And I, I'm, I'm a good, uh, oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. my favorite word. Favorite oh, it's phrase. my favorite too. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I just, just keep going. Because I've, I've learned to focus on those who authentically want to be there for me. Like you, there, there have been times you have truly been there for me and things that, you know, professionally and, and personally and vice versa. You know, we send referrals to people like, hey, send somebody for you. Hey, you seeing people. Hey, let's let's see this family. I, I, you see this parent. I see the child. We're going to send another person somewhere else. So we work together. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're successful. <laughs> Because, I mean, we can't do all the work. We can't. We can't help everybody. We cannot serve everybody. I I don't help. I can't help everybody, and I don't want to help everybody. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we're like uh, Marvel. There, we're plenty, there are plenty of superheroes, mm-hmm. and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Or if you like DC, whichever <laughs> one. Right. I, um... I don't like seeing kids. I don't either. 
So let me let me say this. So I had somebody. To, this this is how you know when you're good. So I had somebody to reach out to me for therapy, and they wanted me to see their child. And I was just like, well, I, I don't see kids. And so uh, I said, well, I can send you somebody because you. One thing about me, if I can't, this is what I do. Everybody doesn't do this, but if I can't see you, I always like, well, here's a referral. You know, because I never is because it's already hard enough for you to to reach out to somebody for therapy. Because saying that I need help and the person should reach out to doesn't help you. They can make you or break you. So I was just like, well, let me give you somebody. So then it was just like, well, does it help that they're going to be 18 in a couple of weeks? I was like, OK, I, I told them I'll go ahead and do it because mm-hmm. it was just like. Cause they, cause they was like I was so highly recommended. So yeah. I was, and you know, you don't want to let your people down, right. you know, whatever like that. So I do that. And but the thing with kids, it's not that. It's not that I don't like kids. It's that there's to me in therapy, and how I do therapy, there is so much the kids can do. Mm-hmm. You know because. Some of it deals with their parents. Like, what if the parents the issue? Mm-hmm. But the parents don't want to deal with it. Like, it's so much that I can tell. You know, when you're an adult, I can put a lot of blame on you. Right. But as a, as a child, I can't. There's there's a ceiling because there may be some some things that it's not you. It's the school or it's, it's you know, out of dark home. control. Yeah. So that's why I prefer not to. Kids, I love the kids because they keep me on my toes. They keep me what's going on. I love kids too, but I don't like seeing them as a therapist. And for the same reasons, I it feels to me like I'm limited in what I can do. Yeah, I'm limited in how far I can go with them, and it just seems like it's a lot of work for me in a session. Um, I I'm cool with babysitting. <laughs> yeah, but as far as trying to help them learn coping skills and coping mechanisms. To me, it feels like I am possibly like helping give them tips and suggestions, hoping that they will work and insight about themselves where, you know, their the front part of their brain isn't fully developed yet. And I know that. So I know that I have to be limited because when they get home, they can't really manage the environment around them. Exactly. They're just learning ways to be in the environment. Right. Um, and I admire people who love working with kids. I do, too, because there are plenty of like, oh, I love doing play therapy. I love, mm-hmm. well, here you go. Let mm-hmm. me, I, I caught it. was like, are you still seeing kids? Because I, I, I'm getting a load of them and, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the kids need therapists. So, you know, but that's like what we said. We can't serve everybody. We won't serve everybody. So, And it's know. good to know who does. Yes, it So is. that you can say, ooh, I have the perfect referral for you. Let me send you to such and such because she loves kids or she loves teenage girls and she's going to take care of you. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. Pass it right along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing that you struggled with when we uh, uh, started to become with. friends what? And colleagues was you struggled with niche having oh, yeah. a target audience, but now you're great at it. Yeah, I think I knew what I wanted my niche to be. It was hard for me to get the niche. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
Yeah, because it was like, you know, these were the these were the people I wanted to see, but I'm constantly getting other people. But that also goes with, you know, trying to get paid because mm-hmm. you work for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, when you work in private practice, we're not a salary. We're not, okay, I go to work from 8 to 5 and I'm going to get a check regardless if I see three clients or if I see 10. It doesn't work that way. If right. we don't have a client, we don't get paid. So I was, like, trying to, you know, get whatever I can, and it was hard for me to to reach who I wanted to reach. But then I just, well, for one, I didn't give up. You know, and I know there have been plenty of times where we had conversations and I'd be on the phone crying to you and my toy be like, I can't help you. I ain't nothing I can do. Which, I mean, which I got it because we were. That's what you get for being a trailblazer. That's exactly what you said. And it was funny when you said that. (laughs) I would never forget when you, I remember where I was at. I was driving. I was on. Poplar crossing 240. And I remember you saying it. And I think when you said that part, I stopped crying. Because mm-hmm. you was just like, well, I, I mean, I, I, will, I, I can't. And it wasn't that you didn't want to help, but you were just saying, I'm following you. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, well, <laughs> you know, that's what you give a bit of trailblaze. And when, and when you said that, I immediately stopped crying because I didn't have a me. Mm-hmm. to go talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had people that, there's one therapist, I don't know what we name dropped, I'm not, I'm not going to do it, but I had one therapist. Are we? Mm-mm. Okay. So I had one therapist that tried, I say he, it's a he, that tried, he did what he could to help me. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Like he helped me to find out information of what I can do, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't do things traditionally. Le- I do it legally. Just don't do it traditionally. Mm-hmm. But like other people telling me what I can't do or people who didn't want to help me or whatever like that. And then I have other therapists that open, you know, welcome me with open arms. It's like, you know, even though I work for myself, I still work at a, I work at a group practice. And I, I think I'm still there because the owner has just been so good to me. Loyalty. Just loyalty. Just like mm-hmm. whatever I needed. They were always there, mm. you know, help me with my career, uh, just put me out there, different things like that. So it's kind of like, you know, well, and he, and he still helps me professionally, too, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I'm just like, you know, well, it's it's a loyal thing, it's, you know, because I don't have to be there, mm-hmm. but I choose to be there. What made you, uh, what, what do you think made him feel like he needed to be a support system for you? Uh, like, what did he see in you? I think he, okay, I ain't trying to be cocky, but. Um, be cocky. He realized I was a great therapist. Yeah. Because he told me that he saw things in me that made him become a better therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, to to implement in his business to be better. And just the things that he was like, you doing this and you doing that. And I'm like, wow, you know. Whereas I used to work for another therapist uh, that looked like me. And you, you can take that higher, you know. Right. And <laughs> I I didn't feel, I felt defeated. Mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't good enough. 
Um, Did you feel like you had to dumb down to accommodate them? No, I, but I felt like I was stupid. Okay. Because they were a psychologist, and she just just a lot of stuff that she would. I just I just felt like I, I felt like I wasn't good enough. Like, mm-hmm. oh, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not a successful person. Mm-hmm. Whereas the group practice that I work for now, where the owner looks the total opposite of me mm-hmm. and read between the lines with that has been nothing but helpful mm-hmm. like teaching uh pouring into me uh however I can help you to grow and even with me having my own practice wasn't a hater about it right like I'm c- worried that you're gonna steal my client no he was like congratulations I'm happy for you you know, like, that's awesome. Right. You know, when I, like, when I wrote my book, like, man, we finna go celebrating this and then and just all of this, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we have, why I wanted to do this podcast is because there are so many people who look like us who have the exact same story. Yeah. Um, One of my uh, colleagues and friends, he said that like he was just wondering why was I being so helpful to him? Because everybody that had made him feel like he wasn't worthy or feel like he couldn't do it or he wasn't good enough or would actually do hater type stuff. It was all black women. Mm. All black women. He didn't have any good stories. Right. We got to do better. Right. And so um, I want to help people have different experiences with us. Yeah. Because it's enough for us. And sometimes when we show up, the person that you worked with who looked like you probably saw your light. She probably saw your gift more than you did. Right. Because I didn't realize it was a gift. And she had to gaslight you and she had to convince you that it actually wasn't there because it was a jab to her ego. So if I can convince you that you ain't and that you ain't really got it going on, then you don't need me. Wow. Mm. <laughs> How you like me now? You seeing you, me on TV. You were a threat and didn't even know that she was a threat. I didn't realize that until now. Yeah. But when you get with this other person, he's like, what can I do to help exactly. you? Exactly. Because you're not a threat. And it's a it's a ego and personality thing. And so he probably shows up in his life for other people like that too. Yeah. Yeah. And she probably shows up for other people in her life like that as well. Probably. If I make you smile, you need me. Mm. And now you don't. Mm. Sure don't. <laughs> so tell us about your book. So uh, my book is called The Balancing Act. So it's a uh, it's a self-help book for athletes. You know, like I said, that I, I do work with athletes. So it started off as a presentation that I did for college students. I would go to different colleges and speak to uh their uh to the athletes and then <laughs> you know I'm laughing. So I decided to make it a book mm-hmm. and you were one of the people who pushed I, me. I knew what I was doing. I actually was not working on she, the book. You know what? Oh my God. I lied. <laughs> I'm not above lying. So let me tell you the story of the lie. 
So two things that she she didn't gaslight me, but she lit a fire up under me. So it took it took a while for me to write the book. So one time somebody this this is petty, but we're you know we be petty. Mm-hmm. Somebody wrote a book and published it. So first call, if such and such can write a book and have it published, I know doggone well. You can write your book because I know you're going to have more content in your book than what they had. That was the first thing. The second one, I'm starting writing my book, and I plan on being published in three months. So my book does not need to be published before yours. <laughs> so that's the so that was the envy part because I was like, you know, because we, we have good competition. Yeah. I don't even know what we call it competition. It's more like accountability. It is like you know what? Well, let me. It's it's not like oh she could do it. Well, it's kind of like if she could do it, I could do it. But it's like it's a it's a good thing. So I'm just like, no, oh, she ain't finna come out with this book before me. Like, nah, let me ever finish it. And you and I remember one time I asked you what your book. You're like, oh, I'm still writing. <laughs> <laughs> I was not writing a book. Girl, I ain't writing no book. <laughs> So anywho, <laughs> so it's a self help book for uh it's directed to student athletes, but it could be to any athlete, uh high school, uh rookies, uh, you know, regular athlete not regular athletes, but people who've been in, in the field in their field, who've been in their career, but helping them to have a balance in their life outside of the game because a lot of times, uh, I'm a big sports fanatic mm-hmm. and a lot of times I can see when athletes' behavior uh, interfere with the game, because a lot of times, uh, if you show up and you do what you're supposed to do on the team, they don't care about your mental health or what you got going on in life. But once it's, it up and but once it start affecting you, once once you're not making them shots or making them touchdowns or whatever like that, then that's that's when they want to, uh, you know, or you just constantly making headlines. That's when they want to. Go ahead and get you help, but a lot of times it's to get you help to help them to get the ring. So mm-hmm. that's why I, uh, you know, I, when I help the athlete, I, I'm helping them. And it's also with entertainers because, like, when I have people that's in the entertainment industry, I call them by their real name. So it's like if, just say, if Snoop Dogg was my client and he's not, well, if he came to my office, hey, Calvin, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. You You're know. like, wait a minute, I can't bring Snoop with me? Right, like, no. Nah. But then sometimes, like, I have one client, I like, just say it's Snoop Dogg. I say, okay, what's, tell me what's going on with Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Okay, now tell me what's going on with Calvin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because the, it's still two worlds that they have to balance. Right. So, yeah. Right. Um, one thing that I've heard people ask when they start out doing private practice and it's their full-time job how else are people bringing in other streams of income? Because the more creative we are, the more we want to do. Yeah. And it's challenging to compartmentalize those thoughts. So what other things have you done to create other streams of income? Well, I've done stuff like for television where um, I've done TV shows where I got paid to do doing speaking engagements. And I started a whole nother business. It's supposed to be just like a little side hustle. Mm-hmm. It's a whole, it's going to be an LLC, which is uh, called the B-Line. So, but it kind of intertwines with each other because it speaks 
it talks it speaks about motivation, inspiration, and also about self care, which I implement in uh, in my therapy. And I think it's good to have that. And if you are an entrepreneur, um, you have to have strength of income because you never know what may happen. Like um, I be transparent. Like uh, I'm in remission for cancer, and so when I had to stop working for a while, like I had to take off weeks at a time, but I'm like, okay, it was a wake up call to like, I need to have something else in place. So just if I can't do this because I have to talk because I have thyroid cancer, I have to talk. This is what I do for a living. So what else can I do to supplement my income that, you know, what kind of offset things and stuff. So uh, I think being a business person, period, you have to have uh, multiple streams of of income. You know, if you if you want to live comfortably, because you know, even with therapy and private practice, you know, there you there are going to be times when you where it's going to be slow. Mm-hmm. It's going to be times you 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 book, and there's going to be some times that you reading the book because you don't have no clients. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so you, but with us, we're always, we're doing so much that we're, we're, we're occupying our time where, okay, well, let me promote myself or, you know, let me work into this other business and, and things like that. So you, you have to be busy. You have to continue to be creative and find other means of income. Yeah. I I hear that all the time. Isn't it? amazing how God gave you the gift to start your self-care line before you knew you were going to need it. It, it. it is because it just, uh, it came out of nowhere. You know, it was, it was off of, I, everything I do comes out of nowhere. Like even with my niche working with athletes, I promise you how I came about that. I was, it was 10, 11 years ago. Two years ago, I was watching um, basketball, and it was the Lakers championship, and Ron Otis gave a shout-out to his therapist. That's how I know I want to work with athletes. Mm. Like, oh, mm. okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like with Beeline, it's just, it was something that I like. I like coffee mugs, and I like saying, I, you know, inspirational stuff. And I was just like, well, I can make some money out of this. And it just grew. Like, every day I keep coming up with new ideas. and. Mm-hmm. You know me. I come up with something, and it's either it's a, I'm going to try it or it ain't going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it a try. I'm, yeah. I'm the type of person, I, I'd rather say, oh, well, than what if. I, I like that about you. Yeah. And I do a lot of, oh, I I rarely do what ifs, but it might be some a couple of oh, wells. Right. I try. Okay, well, that didn't work. That, <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> That's that's how I came up with um, Bougie Boundaries t-shirts. I love it. I need to give me another one. Because I found myself, my favorite clients to work with are entrepreneurs who struggle with codependency. And a lot of times our clients look very similar to us Mm -hmm. or they can relate to us in some way or another personally. Right. And so I had to learn how to have healthy boundaries. And once I started learning about bougie boundaries and bougie energy because that was what I came up with to help me be okay with it Mm -hmm. I was like you know what my boundaries and my energy is a luxury right so I'm bougie we need to be a uh 
Dominique Devereaux without without boundaries. I just love her. If you don't know who Dominique Devereaux is, then you two you two y'all be watching this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I found myself saying, "Oh, girl, you need some bougie boundaries." Oh, your energy is not bougie yet. You need some bougie energy. You're just allowing everybody to have access to your energy, which is how I came up with bougie black therapists. Because I'm not really bougie materialistically, mm-hmm. but I I am bougie because there's levels to me. There's yeah. levels to access to me. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because I'm dope. Yeah. And I can't let just anybody have access to my dopeness. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm going to tell you something about being uh bougie I'm, I'm not bougie but i've been called bougie but when i used to teach uh my students just like we thought you were bougie or whatever miss flynn they call you bougie i said mm-hmm. would you rather have a bougie teacher or a ratchet teacher oh well yeah and you like luckily for you you got both yeah <laughs> they, they, they they knew <laughs> they knew <laughs> they still know like which one do we have today right. bougie or ratchet i mean you make me if they they knew Mm-hmm. They knew. Mm-hmm. They, were and they probably the respect it yeah. and appreciate it too. Exactly. So yeah, so that's how I came up with with being bougie. I had to convince myself that I needed to be bougie. Um, convince myself that I needed to manage my energy and I need to manage my boundaries to where it's beneficial to me. And if it's not, I get to choose. And you know what? That's one thing about being a therapist, being great therapists that we are is that those boundaries, because a lot of times we be, you know, we'll be pulled for a lot of things. And, you know, it's like, I can't, like you say, we can't help everybody, but I can't help people I don't know. You know, oh, uh, can you give me some, can you help me, or can you help my cousin, she doing it? No. Y'all can call this number and see if they can get an assessment done. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if they need a therapist, but, you know, and it's, and we can't do that. Now, one thing I will say, I have had people to reach out to me and they'll, like, ask me questions, you know. And I'm going to give in person. Like, if I know you, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm going to, you know, check on your advice. But I've had people to cash out me money just, like, thank you for your time. Me too. <laughs> me too. Sometimes I'll check my cash up. And somebody has gifted me. Yeah. Just because. Yeah, just like, you know, thank you for your time or thank you for helping me. Thank you for that post. Is that? Oh, I ain't got that yet. Yeah, thank you for that post. Thank you for that conversation. I just feel like I need to compensate you today. Okay, I got the conversation. I ain't never got the post. (laughs) (laughs) I'm envious just Right. I just had people say, I want to pour into you. I want to give of you the way that you you know, continue to give to others. That's good. And um, I'm actually a pretty shy person. Like, I'm I'm not shy, but I'm shy. I have to convince myself that I'm going to do a podcast on Friday at 3. Really? Yes. I have but to you're convince so good myself it. to do a TikTok. But you're so good at it. Because I'm good at faking sometimes, too. Well, I am, too. So this how we Yeah. It's I'm just I much rather be a background person. Because it's like when I see your TikTok video again, Emmy, like man, look 
see, you never know who's watching you. Cause like when you do your TikToks, I and I see, I be like, man, she doing it. Like, yep. Like, well, I need to, you know, how you just the the, the stuff that you say. <laughs> you know, I be on TikTok. I be. <laughs> yeah, and see, I don't know how to dance. I don't know how to dance. So people just assume because I got like a whole lot that I'm a great twerker, but I don't like. I just be shaking my thighs. But I. <laughs> But, I, but your but your your TikTok content be is is good, you know. Like I I I I try I do everything with TikTok. Like I do therapy and I do um you know other stuff because I try to be a balance. Because when I got TikTok, it was supposed to be for therapy. Then I got hooked on, and I just want to do the other videos. And I just like, hey, here I am. But what that does for us, though, is it makes people feel like they can be more connected to us because we're real people. You know what? Honestly, videos have actually helped me get clients. Yes. Because they feel relatable. Right. Like, oh, you're not a stick in the mud. And also, you're not doing too much. Because I do see some videos or some things, but I was like, <sighs> Yeah, I doing so much. Like I wouldn't like you in real life. I asked one client. I said, "What made you decide to choose me?" And <laughs> they said, "I saw one of your posts about F them kids Friday." And she said, "That's my therapist. If she can say F them kids on Fridays, then yeah, I want to be connected to her. She hey, can help me." You know, I had a client like that. She was a CEO of a business. And I didn't know how she found me. And I actually said, yeah, I saw one of your TikTok videos. I said, oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Thank you. Do you have any requests? Let me go make some more. <laughs> so, Which TikTok was your favorite? Right. That's why I, uh, <laughs> I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, when people feel like they can relate to you, then they feel more connected to you. When I'm helping new therapists um, start their practice, I tell them that, even though you have a business page, most of your clients will probably come from your personal page or from uh, Instagram or TikTok because that's where they see more of your life. Yeah. That's where they see, like, they, they're looking at the background. Mm-hmm. They're paying attention to everything. And anything that makes them feel connected or feel like you're relatable, then that's who they want to come to. Yeah, I agree with that. I think... Um, even though my page is private, when I do like my uh, business, uh, Facebook and Instagram, I still make it fun and relatable. Because sometimes on my private page, it, it 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 ain't therapeutic and stuff. But I, uh, you know, I st- is I'm when you see my business page, it's 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 not. I'm not always business mode because that's that's not me. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I am relatable, I am fun, I am relaxed, you know, because therapy is already, mental health is already a serious topic. So I try to make people as comfortable Mm -hmm. as possible to talk about something serious. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like for the audience to know or things that you would like to tell them? Like what would be some advice you would tell somebody who was considering starting a private practice? Or working for themselves. Oh. oh, this is not for the week. Let me just say that um, if you if you're doing this just to get rich, then don't do it. Stay at your corporate job. 
because you, this is the real hustle. You you have to first of all, you have to really love what you do. You have to have the passion for it. Uh, you have to constantly keep going. Uh, have people that's in your field like we're like we're friends in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just happened. We do the same thing. Uh, I don't know which came first, being the therapist, being friends, whatever. But you need people in your life that truly understand um, what you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. you know, and also learn how to take breaks, take take self-care because it's uh, because when you're helping people, you're taking in their stuff. You need to learn how to release it. And it's okay to have a therapist too. We, you should have one. Yes. I have one. I've, it took me forever to get one, but I got one. Yay! Shout out to my therapist. <laughs> Shout out to our therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I look forward to to seeing my therapist. I have like a list of things that I want to talk about sometimes, and I'll put it in my phone. Or if I have a feeling or something that I deal with and I feel like I want to process it in my therapy session, then I'll put it in the notes. So when I go, I'm just like, okay, so here's where we need to start. <laughs> so I do something I do something similar. I email it to her because mm-hmm. there may be times where I can't see her or there's just been so much like I just, you know, give her a list like, okay, this is what's been going on or uh, like if because I see her every other week. Uh, hopefully, I can see her, I can start seeing her every week. But I was just like, okay, this is what's been going on because I don't want to. And that's the thing about um, being a therapist, seeing a therapist. I treat her as how I want my clients to treat me. Like mm-hmm. respect my privacy, respect my time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, don't try to get, don't don't try to see me for free. You know, so slip in a twenty minute conversation. Exactly, right yeah. So I don't do this. So I I email her so she can get back to me whenever she can and stuff I like that. So uh, yeah, because you know we, we're self employed. You know, um, you know this is this is this is what we do. You know, uh, you can make money from it. You know, I know some people say. Uh, you know, you, you can't make any money from it. It's, it's all about your hustle. It's all about, first of all, who you are mm-hmm. as a person because everybody in this field should not be in this field. Then you have people who know the theories but don't know how to apply it. Mm-hmm. And then some people, it's, it's just a gift. You know, you don't need the theories. You just use your God-given gift to help people. Yeah. I did a video about a week ago, maybe a little longer, because I'm in Facebook jail right now, so it's probably been about two weeks. you in Facebook jail? I'm a thug. I've <laughs> never been to Facebook jail, but see, I know the law. I got a degree in criminal justice, You've too. never been in jail? I've never been in Facebook jail. Never. Mm. Okay. Mm. Well... so i was talking about well one of my uh facebook friends asked a question she said what is self-care for you because people often assume that self-care is getting your nails done getting your hair done is um you going on trips and stuff they 
a lot of folks assume that self-care is pampering yourself. And so I had to sit and think about what was self-care for me. And the the solution I came up with was self-care for me is when my spirit is at ease. And I that made me that I have to do, I have to have a tough conversation. I have to let something go. I have to deal with something in therapy mm. or um, something that I'm feeling anxious about. I got to find a way to take care of it. Even if that means that because I have OCD, if my nails are chipped or cracked, it's making me feel uneasy. So I got to go get my nails done. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's some deep self-care. Yeah. I I have OCD. And so, um, so I'm wondering what is self-care for you? Sleep. Mm. <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, just not not doing anything just because I'm always busy and uh, I have to give myself permission to rest, mm-hmm. you know, that. Uh, that is self-care. Yeah, that, you know, uh, activity does not mean productivity, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, a lot of times I feel, and I'm, I'm just being honest, there have been times now I feel bad because, there's so much I need to do and I haven't done it. And I'm like, okay, you know, what you're doing? Like, yes, for this life, but I'm not going to miss my sleep. Mm-hmm. And like on the weekends, I I sleep in. Now, my dog don't respect me for it, but, <laughs> you know, I'm going I'm to sleep in. What do you think about um, people saying as an entrepreneur team, no sleep, you can sleep when you're dead? That's a lie. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. When you do not get your sleep, you do not function well. Mm-hmm. You're no good for nobody. Mm-hmm. You're you're angry. Your body is not well together. So, no, you have to get your sleep. To me, first of all, men say that stuff. I know some women who have said it. I don't know how they survive. How they look. Anyhow, I'm sorry. I'm cute. I don't want no bags under my eyes. <laughs> I want you to get all this natural beauty. Yeah. So I'm going to get my sleep. And especially when you're, what we do, we have to be in a good mood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only so much where we can turn on and turn it off. Right. You know, but we have to be in a good mood. We ha- I'm not saying we got to be, ah, you got to manage your mood. Exactly. You know, and we have to be alert because there have been times where I didn't get sleep in it in this show. Like that's not a good life, you know. Mm-hmm. People, you know, staying up to two, two, uh, twelve o'clock and getting up at four o'clock. I'm not getting up at no f- for what? What I need to be doing at four o'clock? And I know some people that do that. They get up at four, but they say they go to sleep seven to eight. Okay, you you but you getting your hours. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting up at the crack of dawn. No. Yeah. No. I, I've heard that the early bird gets the worm. but what, I still get my worm. And I'm going to tell you something. What I decided for myself is the productive bird gets the worm. And I'm glad you said that because I'm going to tell you something. This is real talk. I went walking one day and it was like 8, 9 o'clock. And you know what I saw? A bird, a bird getting the worm. Getting the worm. <laughs> and it went early. And it went early. I saw a bird getting the worm, and it wasn't early. He was like, oh, doesn't matter what time of the day it is. You're going to get it. Get it. What's meant for you is going to be for you. I don't have to get up at 5. No. Mm. No. 
I had a client one time, he was asking me what time does my session start? And I told him, he was like, what's the earliest appointment time you have? And I said, 11. And he was like, you don't have no eight or nine? I said, mm -mm, I'm not my best self at that time. So, no. He was like, well, who gave you permission? Oh, me. Did he say I that? had told myself. And myself said, sure. <laughs> and that's, a, that's another thing. But he didn't know. Yeah. And see, that's another thing, you know, again, those boundaries. Because I used to be there where, like, I would see people at 9 o'clock, and I used to hate it because mm -hmm. I'd be so tired. But, you know, when I got my daughter's with cancer and stuff and just going through remission, I'm not at my best until 10, 11 o'clock. So I don't see clients until 11 now if it's, if it's, if it's virtual. I may do 10. Mm -hmm. but, but that's it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Mm -mm. Yeah. So self-care for you is sleep. Yes, it's, yes, it's rest. Just like just just enjoying the moment, you know, not having to get up and do something. But I will say, there've been times like, okay, Brandy, you've been you've been laying here for a long time. Like, okay, let's you can go do something, mm -hmm. and I will. But just getting my sleep, just laying there, um, watching Netflix or whatever like that. Like that's 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 self care for me. Same for me and Ratchet TV. Yes, but it's part of my TV. You know, I said Netflix. I mean everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. Ratchet TV is part of my self care because I don't have to give to anybody. I can just be in somebody else's business, and nobody's telling me that I'm being nosy. But you know what? Ratchet TV help us as therapists because sometimes our clients go through those same situations. Oh yeah, sometimes I've been through some of them too. Yeah. I'm like, woo, girl, I know how that's gonna turn and out. And then sometimes, especially with my young clients, I can use it. I I can make it relatable. Like you, you watch Love and Hip Hop, uh, Miami, and da 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 da. Yeah, and you know what's such a. I, I make it relatable. Mm -hmm. Be a milf. Watch it. I make it relatable to my clients because mm -hmm. I see all walks of life of people. You know. Yeah. What's one of the best compliments you've gotten as a therapist? Oh. Um, oh, um, I don't know, Matoya. I can't think of one. You That's, can't think of one of your not, most memorable not, not, compliments? Maybe because there's so many. No, but. Two. two. <laughs> um, I think just, um. I'm trying to think. Of, I can't think of one. I know there's one. I'm okay. trying to think. Uh, well, I don't. I don't have per se compliments, but I've had people to tell me how I've helped them become a better person, mm -hmm. and how I have walked. I have helped them to uh, come off a ledge, you know, to 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 help them and to be a better person. Um, well, you know what? I I would say a compliment. So uh, I have clients that call me doctor, mm -hmm. and I tell them, you know, I'm not a doctor. Same well, for me. Well, you're my doctor. I'm going to call this is my session. I'm gonna call you doctor. I said, and Doctor B. So I have two. They call me that, and I'm like, okay, you, you just want, I'm gonna say I'm not a doctor. Well, yes. uh, well, you're my doctor. That's why I want to call you. So, so to me, 
that means a lot because it lets me know, okay, I'm smart. I know what I'm doing, especially when I once tried to pursue a doctorate degree, but, you know, life happened. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know what, I'm, I, it lets me know that I really know what I'm doing. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I do, like, do I know what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. The imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But when my clients let me know, I'll be like, oh. Okay, I'm I'm really doing it. Mm-hmm. I do know what I'm. I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, when you feel when you have a client and you feel like you're just not getting through to them or you're not helping them enough, what are some things that you do to try to work through that? Um, sometimes we have to. Uh, reevaluate you know what's the purpose one client i i got rid of mm-hmm. and the reason why is because they just weren't doing what they supposed to do like they weren't doing the work outside of therapy they weren't doing nothing and i'm like why you keep coming why you keep coming i keep telling it's it's like we talk about a situation i give you the tools to use I tell you, if you don't use these tools, this is what's going to happen. You, you, you still. It's like if I, if you want to hang up something, and I'm like, okay, here's a hammer. If we use your hand, you, your, your. First of all, it's not gonna work. The nail is going to go through your hand. So when you come back to therapy, your hand is wrapped up. <laughs> Why? Yeah, you told me to use the hammer. I should have listened. And but was, the hammer was too heavy, and I left it in the car. Like oh, I so just didn't many, want to. Yeah, you know. So you have another hammer. Yeah. So it's just, but instead, I don't use it. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, a waste of time. But I, uh, one thing about clients that pay. That's the thing I like about private because that client wasn't a private play client. Oh that, yeah. No, nothing against clients that use insurance, mm-hmm. but like they didn't have a copay, nothing like that. Clients that pay, I don't have that issue because they are invested. Because you're spending some money, their money, right? They're and, invested in the holding you accountable as the therapist, and us holding them accountable as far as their growth and them showing up in therapy and being honest, right? But sometimes to go back with you said about the clients who don't. Uh, like you're hitting a wall. Sometimes I have to, I had to, I had to take the bougie boundaries off and put the ratchet boundaries in, and they see a, like, what's she doing? Mm-hmm. Like, well, why is you? Here? I, I I become Jocelyn Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Why is you here? And <laughs> 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 they keep coming back. And they're like, okay, 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 for real. I'm going to stop playing. Right. I'm going to right. be honest next time. Right. And I tell them, you pay too, you pay me too much money to lie to me. Anytime I ask my question, they'll be like, uh. i be like, you pay too much money to lie to me, and I don't get refunds. So, might as well tell the truth. Since you're here. Yeah. And you only got an hour. <laughs> um, what else? Have I missed anything? Uh, I think we we covered a lot. Oh we yeah, so I was supposed to see what was in this bag oh. in the B line. All right. So I have so I've created a self help package. So this is a little stuff. So you got a little extra. So Ooh. 
Uh, you got two bars of soap. So that's the. Uh, so cute. So that's the. Uh, uh, Ohan Lay, which is oatmeal, lavender, oatmeal, lavender. Yeah. And then another one is just lavender. All of them have honey. So, and you have a mug. Because even though you're a dope therapist, you're also a dope mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, also some tea. And some tea. I love tea. I don't think I knew you had tea. And coffee. So. Wow. This is so wonderful. So, yes, I, uh, I created. You. You're welcome. So, I created a, 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 well, you got a little extra stuff. So uh, I created a, a self-care package where you actually get uh, four uh, teas, four K-cups, uh, one bar of soap, and a candle. Mm. So This is yeah. great. Thank you. You're welcome. So you got a little extra stuff because you're also my friend. Yeah. I um, You know, I had started F Them Kids Friday, and one of my... Um, what, you started a movement? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> F them kids Friday. Okay. So Friday after like five or six o'clock, I don't know what these kids are going to do, but I'm not going to help them. So you're on your own at least until midnight. So I'm taking a parental break between five or six o'clock and midnight or maybe till tomorrow morning. But um, one of my Facebook friends he inboxed me. He said, you know what? Thank you for giving me permission to not feel like I need to be a parent all the time. And, you know, we, we it, it's, it's like I'm, I'm not a parent, uh, but I've, I've been there to help parents to give them a break. You're a part of our village. Yeah. So it's like taking a break doesn't mean that you're taking a break as being a parent, but it's like I, you just need a moment to yourself. I would rather – for a parent to take a break than to do something to themselves or do something to their family because mm-hmm. they couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I had a client once that used to come to my office to go to sleep. Really? For an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't come for therapy. They just came to take a nap. It was therapy for them. I mean, that's fine. Because they needed a place to go where they didn't have to take care of anybody else. Yeah. And I think that's what we do. Like, we provide a a safe space that I tell them, like, this might be the only time that you can be you. And it's all about you. And I have to explain. Yeah. Or or accommodate somebody else. Exactly. If you find yourself accommodating me, we need to talk about that. Yeah. That's cool. Just come in to sleep. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted a break and they felt like this was maybe a good place for me to come. Right. <laughs> and not feel guilty about it. Wow. But what we ended up working on was them managing their family dynamics better to where you could sleep at home. Wow. So when you come in, the kids need to know that you need two hours them to leave you alone oh, yeah. I know you're excited about me coming home but give me two hours at seven o'clock we can convene and you can tell me everything about and a lot day. of parents feel like they can't do that yeah and F they, them kids. They, they feel like that they have to go just go hard and I'm just like and it's hard for me to, to 
for them to receive it from me because I don't have kids. But I'm just like, you you can have a break. You can mm-hmm. tell the kids, give me, you know. Just, you don't have to be on all the time. Yeah, exactly. Or feel guilty about not being on. I one time changed my name when my kids were younger to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So if they called me, they had to say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. How did that work Instead of mama. Because I would only answer to that. <laughs> of course they think I'm stupid. But they did it. So oh, now. <laughs> but hilarious. it decreased the number of times that they called my name. Okay. Mama, ma, ma, ma. Mm-mm. I don't even answer to that anymore. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Call me that. So, once again, putting boundaries in even with your kids. Right. Because, you, like I tell people, boundaries are not only for, for, for people to not cross over to you, but it's also for us. Mm-hmm. To not overextend ourselves because sometimes we will overextend ourselves and the other person has not asked for it. We just feel like we have to do it. So those boundaries are also for us. Right. Yeah. I tell people all the time about Jesus Jr. Like you're being Jesus Jr. And did they ask you? Did they ask you to save them? No, I just felt like they needed it. Okay. So ask them if they need it. Right. Or if they even want it. And if they don't. Mind your business. Exactly. And trust God for them and for how things work out for them. Those boundaries. I, and I was, I know I have forgot to say something about when you were talking about sleep. There was a study done where there were some OR doctors mm-hmm. who felt like they um, needed sleep in order to be fresh for surgery. Yeah. Right. So with this, but the hospital felt like they didn't. Like if it's your shift then you need to be doing it for however long. So in this study, I think they split doctors up. Like they had six doctors where they worked them for 12 hours. And then the other doctors, they let them sleep, and then they worked for a certain number of hours, let them sleep and work for a certain number of hours. But these other doctors, they exhausted them to see how they performed in surgery. Ooh, I feel bad for them patients. <laughs> I don't know if they actually use real patients or not. Oh, okay. But what the outcome was is, and it's the same with when you're tired and you're driving, the outcome is it was, it took them more time to do the surgery because they were tired than it did for them to do the surgery with the doctors who were well-rested. And also, when you don't get rest that you need and you're driving sleepy. Oh, it's worse than driving drunk. It's worse than driving drunk. Trust me, I know. It's, it, which is why they have those little things on the side of yeah. the road. Yeah. <laughs> to wake your butt up yeah. <laughs> when you slide over there because you're sleepy. Exactly. And we're not our best selves if we're exhausted. Our body doesn't have a chance to rejuvenate. Our cells didn't have a chance to rejuvenate. Our our body doesn't get a chance to be in just like that level. I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything so that we can replenish ourselves. Right. So it's good that you know that that's your self-care. Oh, yeah, because when you sleep, that's when your body gets to work. It's kind of like the movie. Uh, I can't think of the movie, but the one with the museum, like when that museum closed and all of the exhibits. 
come to life. Mm-hmm. It's how your body is when you go what to sleep. Night at the museum. I think that's what it is. Yeah. That's how your body is. They they get up when you're asleep. Your body's the museum. Your you know your cells and stuff. They're the exhibits. They get up. They rejuvenate. They do what they need to do. So when you wake up. You're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your body needs time to fast. Exactly. Um. So if you're watching this video. In the comments, let us know what is self-care for you. And if you're not sure, let us know, and we'll help you figure it out. So I think that's been our time. And thank you so much, Brandy, oh, Jay, Thank Flynn, you for having me. For being here. Oh, yeah. Where can we find you? Uh, for The Beeline, you can go to www.thebeeline.store. It has all the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that um, so, yeah, and for our mental health, you can go to www.brandyjflynnccs.com. Okay, and I know that you're working on making sure that you are not working more than your body is ready right. to. Exactly. So do you have, like, you have an adjusted schedule? Um, I don't see clients before 11 uh, virtually, and uh, I try to be done – like, if it's the office, it's, like, from 11 to 6, and then it's so many clients that I might see a day, like, 3 or 4. Okay. Or whatever like that. So, I, I tell my clients, get in where they can fit in. Mm-hmm. So And they do be trying to get in where they can fit in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because they need us. Yes, they do. We're a support system for Exactly. Mm-hmm. Superpower. We're superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that has been our time with Bougie Black Therapist Podcast. Hopefully you have learned something or heard something that has inspired you as far as a business owner or entrepreneur or someone who is seeking therapy for themselves. Um, There is, out of the number of therapists, um, only 5% of us are black. Mm. Only 5%. Black, black? Yeah. Oh, okay. Black, black. Black, black. So we want to increase that number by inspiring people to give of themselves and earn some capital while you're doing it yeah. at the same time. Get paid for using your gift. Exactly. Yeah. My nephew wants to be a therapist. Shocked me. So he's <laughs> in school now. So Yay. Yeah. We need black men. Yeah, we do. We do. Black men. They need a safe place. They yeah. are black unicorns. And I'm also, I'm always grateful when a black guy chooses to come to therapy. Me too. You know, the first thing I tell them, like, I I, I appreciate you making the choice to come to therapy. Yeah. Because these be some alpha males yeah. that come in that need a safe place yeah. to cry. Yeah. And, and we don't do. use their words against them later. Yeah, we don't. We just, we just give them a moment. The tissue be there. Just, you know, just. Thug cried out. Oh, man, what? <laughs> thugs yeah. Thugs <laughs> My next tattoo is going to be Thug Life right here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but with a crown on the top of it. Okay. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see you guys again on another episode of Bougie Black Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Montoya McGowan, licensed clinical social worker. And you can find me at stoppingthechase.com or on Facebook or Instagram at stoppingthechase.com. If you're on my personal page, I'm in Facebook jail. So you can still inbox me. Put some money in her books.